0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is...
1: Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason.
0: Well, if you're keeping in time with us, sorry that this is a little bit later than usual. So you can hear my voice. I'm having some allergy problems or a cold. Of course, just in time for a fall break from teaching, so that's always fun. So I apologize. It is totally my fault. If you're listening to us later, you don't care.
1: <laughs> I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't blaming it on you when I made the post. I was just saying.
0: No, I am. I'm ready to accept the blame. I took some like cold medicines last night before bed, and I had some wild dreams. Like I was mentioning on the chat earlier, I had a dream like uh, Mike from Board Game Rundown was there, and I think Bob definitely, maybe Tim, Brandon was there, but. On the way home, he got sick, and I had to drag him to an ER. But we were playing, like, super ugly Euros, Clemens, Franz, Tracks Everywhere, like, Lorenzo, Marco Polo, those kind of things. So it was a crazy medicine-induced dream.
1: Yeah, that is weird. I mean, I I, I like those games, so I'm not going to complain, but yeah, it's weird.
0: Yeah, it was kind of weird. And, like, the whole thing was, like... Brandon was sick the whole weekend But he didn't want to say anything So he just kept going And then on the way home Like He just couldn't make it We had to get him to the hospital It was terrible
1: That's funny Yeah It sounds about right Yeah Sounds right
0: Well Since we are late I don't want to linger over Pathetic intro banter So I want to get started on crowdfunding Because I've got some interesting things this week So the first item up for crowdfunding is on Kickstarter and I believe it's based on I don't know if it's like a, a, a game app on like a phone or like an actual um like either PC or console game but it is called Cookie Run Kingdom and this is the board game. So apparently Cookie Run Kingdom is already a game somewhere. I didn't do extensive research on that. But it exists, and now they're bringing it to the board game realm. And let me tell you, the art is so adorable. So in Cookie Run Kingdom, you are one of these cookies. And they are so cute. You've got Ginger Brave, Strawberry Cookie, Wizard Cookie, Chili Pepper Cookie, uh, or Custard Cookie the Third. And they, I mean, they're they so cute. So you're, you are playing one of those, and you're really trying... I don't know, to grow and restore the Cookie Kingdom, I think, I'm not sure the exact um, thematic elements there, but it's, at its heart, is a worker placement kind of game. Um, So you have, like, three different phases. There's only eight rounds, so it seems pretty quick. Um, The main phase is, like, the sugar gnome phase where you are taking actions with your sugar gnomes and placing them out there. And they can go, um, like, to purchase these pillars that you can put out they can go and collect resources so you can build things um, gaining coins they can uh, also go and fight and defeat monsters and you can collect the bounty on them so you're sending out your cookies your um, sugar gnomes to get these things. And then you're going to use the resources and the money that you get to pay costs to construct buildings and landmarks um, or upgrade your Cookie Castle. And if you upgrade you know your area, because everyone has a player board and there's also the main board where you take actions, um, then more sugar gnomes will join your kingdom. So that's a way of getting more workers. Um, you start your board with some forests. So you're also gonna try to over- clear the overgrown forest so you can expand your kingdom and have more spaces to build. It just looks so cute. Oh my gosh, it is adorable. Um, And I like a basic worker placement and uh, the theme is cute. The little sugar gnomes, I mean, they're freaking adorable. They're just, it's just an adorable looking game. So if you're interested in that, check out Cookie Run Kingdom, the board game. There are six days left in that Kickstarter and it is $39.
1: Yeah, this does look cool. It looks like it released in South Korea earlier, like a couple okay. of years ago, and they're finally bringing it to America, which is cool.
0: It's so adorable.
1: Yeah, the bits are really cute. They're like those fat, chunky, like My Little Pony bits almost. Yes. Yeah, those are cool.
0: Oh, yeah, it says download, 200 million downloads, a casual RPG game, and now yeah, it's a board game. it's like an, a, game. an
1: app. I was Googling it when you were talking.
0: Yeah. It looks great, and like, it looks like there's possibilities for expansions based on the fact that they've got this other game kind of background to it. So, yeah, Cookie Run Kingdom.
1: Yeah, it looks cool. I, I'm going to look into that a little more because it's cute.
0: Yeah, it says 14+, plus, so like it's not necessarily a kid's game, but, man, it's super adorable. I feel like at least we could play it. Next with our, our kids. kids. Yeah, in in next conjunction with it. Here, you place out the sugar <laughs> domes and what buildings should we add to our forest? Those kind of things. Yeah. The next one is very thematic for the time of year. It's a little creepy and I love it. And this is called Mary Shelley's Dream. This is by Rap Soda Games. Um, this is their first one, as far as I can tell. Uh, there's the person behind Soda Games, a screenwriter, and actor, apparently creates digital content and now is doing board games. This is actually a print and play game that is a roll and write. And in this game, you are basically Mary Shelley, I think in a lot of ways. And this game is basically if you took Abomination and made it a roll and write. Which I find very intriguing.
1: Yeah, that is cool. I like that theme a lot.
0: Right. So you got card you can have you have character sheets. So you can have characters, much like you do in abomination. You've got your game sheet where you mark off things. You need a pencil and you have to provide dice. So two white and a black. Um and what you're doing is the black dice is actually the suspicion kind of die. It's to say, tell if the police are looking for you. So you've got to work with that. And then you get your white dice and you use them to get body parts for your creature you can also use them to get money um, to get more skills which are going to help you with the roles you can use some luck then also later you can go to the hospital to get access to the morgue so certain die will give you that and once you fill up like your work in in the hospital then you can go grab parts from the morgue you can hire thieves and they are going to um help you advance a little bit but also again a little bit suspicious of the police. You can then go and after as you collect your body parts, you're putting them onto your creature which requires a certain role You even go to the market to get latent latent jars and use them to re, for reanimation and you have to turn in some resources for that and have your latent jars to reanimate your creature and you're all all the while making sure the police don't catch you. So again, it is so much like abomination, but with this roll and write how the dice play, and even we talked about there is some uh, pusher, some luck randomness with that original game. So why not take it all the way? So this seems really interesting, and especially for like a a print and play, and you could really like boost it up. You could play with a ton of people. It looks really quick. It says 15 minutes. And the theme is awesome. So if you like that creepy theme, you like some roll and rights, you're looking for something, Mary Shelley's Dream, nine days left in that Kickstarter, five bucks gives you everything.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. I was wondering if it was just a solo game, but...
0: You can play it solo, but it also is competitive. You can do competitive oh, cool. as well.
1: I mean, I love Abomination. So... Any any theme like that because there's not a lot of games that have that cool dark like it's a super dark theme. Oh and yeah, I I think you know it doesn't need to be like super gory and whatever, but you can have some games that have a dark theme and just kind of take you to that place, which is pretty cool. And that's what this one sounds like. Yeah, sounds well.
0: Cool. And with the nine days left, um, as soon they say as soon as the campaign's over, you'll get the files in an email. So nice, um, it's like just in time. And you can laminate them if you want. They say they only use um full sheets, so it's not like you have to cut stuff out or whatever um yeah I I, it looks cool
1: yeah it does look cool you're right
0: okay so moving on from something creepy to something really lovely and this game is called redwood this is by sit down with an exclamation point sit down yep it's a belgian publisher um they did magic maze i don't know anything Obviously about I,
1: them. I know what that is, but it's like a real time moving through this maze trying to piece it together type of deal.
0: Yeah, because it was nominated for the spiel de jar so that's pretty big. Uh, yeah, but,
1: it's like being nominated for a Grammy or an Oscar.
0: Right. So this one is about being a photographer. So and, and and it is beautiful because of that theme. So you have like this panorama of and they I think they say it's set in like the western US. So a lot of the national parks out there like Yosemite um uh, Yellowstone, I'm like, Why can't I can't remember the big park, Yellowstone. And what happens at the beginning of your turn, you choose your templates, which is really interesting. So there's a template for movement and a template for taking your picture. And it's really you the way you choose those is strategic because uh, that the, the first template for movement, you can only move where that template goes and it like hooks onto like a little miniature of your character. So you can show exactly where you go. You can swing it around to try and get a good spot because again, then you're going to take a picture and then you're going to use, and it's like a little clear kind of plastic piece that is the view that you're going to see from your picture. And there so there are subjects on the board, like little animals, um, different like plants and things and you're facing a particular direction. So, you are trying to line up with some cards that you might want to add to a panorama on your board. You want to get certain subjects in there because they're going to give you points because you really, I think it's only maybe five rounds. So you're taking five pictures. That's it to try and get the most points. So again, fairly quick, but really beautiful and really interestingly strategic because um some of these photograph templates they have these little like circles on them and if you can get like a subject a flower or an animal directly on there that gives you a bonus which I I think is really cool there's also a way to play this as teams and then you have to make sure that your movement doesn't cross templates there's a solo mode um, which is basically like high score trying to break some records Uh, there's all different kinds of animals the animals move once you take a picture with them they have a little, even a little expansion that lets you have like a base camp, lets you move in different ways, um, a couple different special templates. It is a really neat concept. And the artwork is very beautiful. It's not like cutesy, like we talked about in cookie run, but it's just very elegant, this wildlife look to it. I, I am really intrigued by this. Um, it, it just really catches your eye on the table and just this idea of having these little kind of plastic templates that restrict your movement or give you big movement, but don't allow you to turn very much, um, how to line up character, like subjects in your photo with this particular thing you're taking a picture of because each round there's different items. If you get them in your picture, you get bonus points for it. I like that little puzzly aspect so if that's interesting to you check out redwood there are 12 days left in that kickstarter and it's 44 dollars for the retail version of the game
1: sounds cool i mean it's not it's no cookie run but it sounds pretty good
0: and that is all i have for crowdfunding this week
1: all right so now we're going to talk about some games that we played so this first one here We talked about last week because Katie was able to play it at the gaming weekend that we were at. But she liked it so much, she talked to me about it. I saw a little bit of it, and I found a copy, bought it, and now I've had the chance to play it, and Katie's played it again. And we wanted to talk about it again, and that game is Wonderland's War. So if you listen to the podcast from last week, you know Katie's thoughts, but she can talk again later. But let's talk about what I think of this game. So Wonderland's War is... Uh, it's a game that's played in two parts, where the first part is you're moving your little character around this tea party table, trying to collect different chits to get into your bag. Because at its heart, this game is a push-your-luck bag-building type of game, which means you get chips, you put them in your bag, you're going to be drawing chips out of your bag. And then the second half of each round is you're going to be battling in these five different battles, or four if you're playing a two-player game, and trying to either be the last one left standing, or get so far out ahead that you automatically win or everybody stops and you're in the lead if you're in the lead you get some points you get to build a castle if you're in second you get half the points and you're also trying to complete these quest cards based on what you pull out of your bag how much strength you have and certain battles and all that kind of thing and you're trying to, going to be doing that over three times whoever has the most points is the winner now this game is fantastic um i i haven't been this excited about a game that i've played recently in a long time it's everything that i like in a game it's putting chips in a bag and then you're playing five little mini games that are basically like little versions of quacks of Quedlinburg. You're doing that three times. So 15 little mini games of quacks where you're just pulling chips out of the bag, trying to move up on this track, trying to not bust because there's always a risk of busting and that's terrible. Um, It's just so good. I love pulling stuff out of a bag. I love push your luck and there should be no surprise that this game, in my opinion, does it almost better than any other game and I love it. So Wonderland's War is a fantastic game. I want to play it every day, all the time. And that's saying something coming from me. And the theme is awesome. The art is great. We don't even have the fancy deluxe version, but it still looks amazing. And yeah, I can't say enough stuff. So how do you feel about Wonderland's War after, I think, one or two more plays? Two more plays.
0: I'm almost sorry that (laughs) I introduced this game to you because you are a bit obsessive about it. However, it... It is so good. And I thought it was interesting to play it too because I had played it at four players. I think it, it plays up to five, five I believe. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed it at four because there are a lot of things happening where if I'm not involved in a battle, um, I can you know, vote on the outcome. And if I wager and then win, I can get more chips in my bag, which is something I really love. Um, at two players, it is different. Because I found you don't have that wager. So I was thinking I just need to get in every battle. Because otherwise I'm just giving points away potentially to my opponent. So it really does change the strategy. It's fun. I think I prefer what's happening in a larger player count. Um, but even that really kind of tested, you know, how I decide that I want to play. I have tried a couple different characters now. Um so for the two-player, I was the uh, the Queen of Hearts, and I think that really worked well in a two-player because I could move lots of people around different places, so I was the Queen of
1: Hearts is annoying to play against.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know, but I felt like it wasn't as annoying in a four-player game. Yeah, f- that's true. I that's find true. that Alice is a little more annoying in a four-player.
1: Alice is super obnoxious. Yeah, I agree. <laughs>
0: Um, but just exploring the different powers and stuff, I think it's really fun. There is tons of replayability. We've only up till now used the very basic, um, function powers of the allies. So like in Quacks where you can choose the different kinds of powers the chips have, that's the same here. There's four different sets and we've only done A and it's still been like ridiculously fun. And there's some, there is something nice about knowing how the chips work. And again, that develops your strategy, um, for me like I just play best when I have a lot of quests and I need to do that I tried the mad I tried um the Cheshire Cat some of his like smile powers are awesome but I got distracted in that and didn't do some other stuff well uh yeah there's just a lot here and again I what I think is nice is that for people that like dudes on a map fighting you have sort of some of that like there's a prep phase and there's a fight phase but if you don't really like that there's still a lot here for people that aren't into fighting because the fighting doesn't feel mean it's more like i'm pushing my luck and there are lots of other ways to benefit from a battle other than winning
1: yeah i hate the dudes on a map thing but i think the battles are done very well it's perfect.
0: Yeah, especially because it's it's really about like sometimes I want to get involved in a battle and because I just need to get on a forge space or I need to get a certain number of chips out or whatever. So I honestly don't care about the outcome. And maybe I've already placed, you know, a castle or something there. I'm just like, Ugh. I'm trying to hit these other goals, which are points. And yes, I might get points from the outcome of the battle, but I might get more points really in the long run from completing um, my part, my feet. So it's unless I completely bust, which is my own fault, unless I bust, I'm still getting something. And I, I, I really like that about the game, because a lot of times when it's just a bunch of dudes fighting, you know, people are just characters beating it out. If I lose, it's over. And you don't get that from Wonderland's War. And which I think, you know, Jason has mentioned in the video, I think that was a flaw in the marketing for this game because it very much is like it's a war and you're battling and I'm like oh area control I freaking hate area control and battling I don't love because I get really aggressive I like to play a major aggro game and just like beat down people and then people get mad at me and then I feel bad about myself I didn't want that that is not what this game is um there's just so, and again, one of my favorite things is multiple of victory. And the more I play it, the more I see that there are, and the more I find like what works for me, the way the different characters work. Gosh, I, yeah, there's just so many good things here. I really enjoy it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree. I love it.
0: Did you like it better at two or multiple counts?
1: Uh, I like it at all. I, I kind of play it the same way at all the player counts because I want to be involved in all the wars. So that's not good. That's so I know I just lose. like to I just like to be in there, so but I think at four or at, at more than two, the battles are a little more interesting because more people are duking it out, mm-hmm. and you know you gotta try to beat some of the scores a little bit better and maybe you know sit some out so you can have some chips in your bag for the mm-hmm. battle that you really need to win, yeah, no, but I'll play it at two any day, but I don't know if I play it at five probably be too long, but four is great, three is great. Yeah, I just like this game a lot. It's good.
0: But the thing at five is, that's the other thing I like, is that you're always involved.
1: Yeah, that's true. Except during like the tea party, you're not as involved, but at least in the battles you are. But
0: in the tea party, you're also like, oh, are you going to take what I want? Like, what's refilled? What's out there? I'm always thinking in other people's turns, so I am always involved, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm doing my own thing, usually staring at my board, trying to figure stuff out. But then I look up and like, where'd all the stuff do I want to go? <laughs> what's this crap? <laughs> Yeah, great game. Great game. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for making me buy a game and getting obsessed with it. <laughs> all right, so the next game we played is actually one that the publisher sent us because I wanted it. I love the theme. I love the gimmick because you know I'm all about gimmicks. And we played this with our friends Brandon and Josie, and this game is called The Spill. And this is a cooperative game about rescuing marine life from an oil well that's spilling oil into the ocean. And the way this game works is kind of pandemic-esque. Everybody has four actions that they can spend. And on your turn, at the beginning of your turn, you're going to throw a certain number of oil dice into the oil well, which is going to pollute the board around. And if an animal gets covered with a die, it gets um, contaminated. You have to rescue that animal or get that die off that animal by the end of the turn, or the animal goes to sick bay. And that's one of your losing conditions. If you get three of a certain type of an animal in sick bay, or one of every six animal in one of all six of the animals in sick bay, let's say that right, you lose. Or if too many sections of the board have three dice on that section, you lose. If there's six of those at the end of your turn, the game is over. And the players are going to have three of their own winning, winning goals to win the game. So after you dump the dice in there, then you're going to take one of the four actions. That is move your boat one or two spaces. You can push oil off the board back into the bag for an action. You can rescue a healthy animal in your section for an action. You can rescue a contaminated animal in your section for two actions. And you can remove a die from the game Um for three actions, and that's one of the goals most of the time for winning the game, you need to remove so many dice, you need to rescue so many animals, you may have to rescue so many contaminated animals, and you're just trying to do all that together, everybody has a special ability too that's going to help you with all that, and you're trying to do all that and win before one of those three losing conditions happen, and there's a cool oil well gimmick where dice hit it, spills it out randomly, I love it, so yeah, I like this game, I've played it, uh, that's three times for me now twice solo once with actual people and it's better with actual people because more communication and all that talking when there's a cooperative game they do work a little bit better with more people and I like it it's pretty hard it starts out like you're really going to be uh breezing by then all of a sudden out of nowhere it amps up and then you're really trying to sweat it trying to sort it out we've only played it on easy so again it's not like brutally hard but For what you think is going to be happening at the beginning to what does happen, it gets a little tricky. So, how did you feel about the spill?
0: Yeah, I think that this game has the potential to be brutal because it even is pretty hard on easy. It has that, in my mind, reminds me of Robinson Crusoe, like it's just kind of coming at you. It doesn't stop, the oil doesn't stop, which I think makes it really thematic. Also, that theme makes me very upset. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're killing this wildlife. Do you get really caught up in that? Like, we have to save this turtle. He is sick. Um, The player powers are so key in here to try and, like, get people where they need to be to use them properly to make the most of what you have to meet the objectives. It is very tense. I absolutely like I was very tense the whole time. I was relieved when it was over, not because I didn't like the game, but because we actually won and like rescued the ocean like that felt super good. Like as a free willie Captain Planet kid apps, I felt Fern Gully. This was like, yes. We have defeated the corporation, saved the ocean. Like it felt really good. So it is satisfying when you do win, but it is it is difficult. You have to take care of your turns. You're cleaning up messes. Stuff is going to crap all around you. Uh, and and the the little oil rig is pretty cool. Like that is a cool gimmick. Um, yeah, cool. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, and the theme I think it feels really thematic too. Oh uh, sure, the dice Absolutely. spilling out into the water randomly, which is what an oil well would do when it's mm-hmm. broken. Uh, and then you're just trying to get those you know sea creatures out of there so they don't die from all the oil. I mean, it's a cool theme. It's probably more important of a theme now than before because we need to be careful what we're doing. But yeah, the I like the theme of it. I love the gimmick. Any ge- game that has a gimmick automatically gets a little <laughs> bit of a nudge up for me, but yeah, I like this game. It's good. All right, so the last game we're going to talk about is a little card game from Alexander Fister. Or no, sorry. Phil Walker Harding, wrong guy. Um And this is called Archaeology, the New Expedition. And this is a game where basically it feels like a regular card game, which means on your turn you're going to draw a card and you're going to take an action or, you know, a couple actions. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to collect different sets of artifacts from these cards to sell them to the museum to score points. So it's basically a set collection game. What makes this a little bit different is throughout the deck there are going to be some thieves and some sandstorms, which are going to make it a little bit hairier. ...to collect those sets. So a thief, if you draw a thief, you get to steal a card from another player's hand. If you draw a sandstorm, then you either have to discard half of your cards rounded down... ...or if you have a tent in front of you, you can use your tent one time to protect against the sandstorm. So the game kind of discourages you from holding a bunch of cards for a long period of time... ...because those sandstorms can come out, and if you already use your tent, you're hosed. And then there's also some maps in the deck, and the maps are going to let you dig through one of the monuments... To get some cards out of there. Each of the monuments are going to have cards in different types of stacks, and you're going to be able to explore those stacks in different ways based on one of the six monuments. And you're just trying to do all that. Um, get as many points as you can before the deck runs out. Uh, once the deck runs out, game's over. And then you just play till all your cards are gone. And that's it. You're just trying to get the most points. It has... I like this game quite a bit. It's really simple to play, but it's just really fun to me. So how do you feel about Archaeology? You've played it before, right?
0: Yes, I played it once before. It is, yeah, super simple, super easy. But again, like I like games where you have to make choices. So sometimes as you're going on, you're like, "Ooh, I mean, I have these like big point cards in my hand, but I can lay it down and complete a set and get full points. So it might be worth it. Um I held on to the freaking Pharaoh's Mask. I had three at one point, and I was like, I should lay these down. I'm like, no, I can get that fourth. Nobody else seems to be having the fourth. It totally could come out. We're done with sandstorms. I'm cool. I'm cool. I was not cool. Jason stole one. And instead of actually playing it, he puts it down in the market. (laughs) I I was using it
1: as trade bait. Get off me.
0: Right. I could never get it back because it was... I couldn't get enough cards then to equal what I needed to get the stupid mask back. And I hosed myself and I lost real bad. And really, the strategy for those things is not it's not worth it. It's not worth it.
1: It's not. It's too hard and it's too risky to get those masks. It's 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 difficult.
0: Well, if I'd laid down the three when I should have, it would have been fine.
1: Well, that's true. Yeah, you kind of pushed your luck a little (sighs) too much there. I did. I did. (laughs) But
0: again, that's a sign of a good game. That's something that's fun it's over really quick. So you play it once you're like, Oh, okay, let's do it again. Like it's really easy. Um, a good game to get non gamers into because you really don't like the actual gameplay itself. Not difficult. Draw a card. (laughs) I mean, but yeah, it's fun. It's a nice filler. It's a nice, um, just little light game that is, it's good. I liked it.
1: Yeah. And the production is really nice too. Uh, the cards are really nice quality. The, monuments are really thick cardboard not that they're even necessary honestly but it looks nice so yeah um those are the three games that we played let's move on all
0: right well i kind of i don't know if i gave it away but i started on the concept of the season we are approaching halloween we took our kids to pick out their costumes the other day They are pumped for trick-or-treating, and we're also pumped to play spooky games. So this week, we're taking a break from the shelves. Um, We're gearing up for our top 100, but we don't want to forget Halloween, which is one of my favorite holidays. So we've got a collection. Each of us picked three spooky games that we really like to play, that we think are fun, and will get you into the Halloween spirit. So, Jace, get us started.
1: All right, and I'm just going to put this up at the top here. Um, I could have just done the same list that I did last year, but I wanted to spread some more love around because you don't want to do the same list over and over and over. But I do have one still from last year, so a little bit of a spoiler if you remember back a year ago. Um, So my first one that I'm going to talk about is a Martin Wallace game. I mean, all of his games are kind of spooky when you look at them because they're terrible looking, (laughs) but this one (laughs) actually has kind of a a spooky-ish theme, and it's called studying Emerald and we had the second edition. If you had the first edition, similar theme. Uh, and what you're doing in this is you're taking on the role of either a sympathizer or someone who's trying to eliminate the elder gods. The trick here is you don't know who's on your team. So the theme is it's set. It takes place in like a Sherlock Holmes universe, but the elder gods are also in there. So there's a bunch of Cthulhu and like zombies and all that. I don't know why there's zombies in there, but there's zombies mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other random, like creepy little things. And it's just basically like a deck-building, worker-placement, area-control game with some hidden um, teams. It's really complicated to explain. It's hard to kind of really understand and play, too. But the theme is right on the money, I think, for this list with a little bit of spooky Cthulhu and zombie stuff. And the board looks kind of gothic as well and all that. So that's why I wanted to put it on my list. So Study in Emerald, the first one that I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, it is... Super confusing. I I don't like this game. I mean, we know that I mostly don't have love any love loss for Marty Wallace, unless it's London. So,
1: yeah. And brass, you love brass, even though you say you love brass.
0: I do not. You had it out playing it by yourself last night, and I was like, I want to burn this thing. Game
1: is awful. (laughs) I hate that game. But it's a looker. It looks great, though, right? Oh
0: my gosh! Yeah, (laughs) such great. Ugh. No, my first game is one that I have talked about before because I love it so much. But this particular version, super creepy. And that is Consulting Detective, Jack the Ripper and the Weston Adventures. Um, Y'all know I love Consulting Detective. And if you like deduction, if you are a armchair, an armchair detective and you like to figure out stuff. I was just watching Murder, She Wrote this morning. RIP Angela Lansbury. I love you. Um, Consulting detective is for you you are reading an introduction to a case, and then you are hunting stuff down. And you are kind of following your own leads. Like, well, where do I go? Do I need to talk to the coroner? Do I need to see, like, go to the scene, the crime scene? Um, am I chasing down where these different parts were manufactured? Am I, you know, looking for telegrams? Am I talking to the cabbies? You, It's directed. It's self-directed, which is awesome. And you really are allowing your brain power. But the cre- and, and a general murder, also creepy, but in um, the Jack the Ripper and the West Adventures, there is a series of, I don't know if it's, I'm trying to remember how many, four, four or five of the cases are all part of, um, and they're based on actu- the actual um, murders that we know about from Jack the Ripper, So you are going to the crime scene they are describing what happened to these women. Um, It's super creepy. I mean, the people that you run into and what they say and some of the descriptions of what happened and um, the autopsy kind of sketches, it is not for the faint of heart. But it's so cool because you are going to each of these different murders. You're obviously not looking for the murderer because we don't know. We still don't know who Jack the Ripper is. Um, there are many theories. And there is one theory that you are working towards. So then you piece all the information you've gotten together from from these murders in the last case. And you are, I mean, I looked like that crazy conspiracy theory meme with like, a uh, bo- like, post-it notes on the wall and pens stuck in everything with yarn. I mean, we had the map out. I had pawns everywhere indicating different murder scenes looking. I mean, it is intense and super creepy. I love it. So Consulting Detective, Jack the Ripper in the West End Adventures. I would say this is probably my favorite of the cases I've worked on Mm, for the most part.
1: Yeah, the theme is good. It's like that creepy serial killer theme, which is a great Spooky theme Mm -hmm. could be H.H. Holmes in the West End Adventures. Yeah. Uh, So my next one is actually it's a silly party game, but the theme definitely fits right in. And this game is called Growl. And this is a game about people trying not to become werewolves and getting bitten um, to basically score points. So there's going to be at the beginning of the game, based on the number of players, certain number of people are going to be werewolves. And uh, the game is going to be played where you're going to flip a card, give it to somebody. If you ever get three bites without some salve, you Mm -hmm. become a werewolf. And if you get three... Oh, shoot. What's the other thing? The kill. What's the kill? What? Oh, wounds. Wounds. Yeah. If you get three wounds in the game without uh, charms, or maybe vice versa. I think the bite is with the charms and the wound is with the salve. Yes. Because bites
0: are like magical. So you need like an amulet. Yes.
1: Okay. So if you get too many bites without charms, you become a werewolf. If you get too many wounds without salve, you die. And the whole point of this game is you're trying to, if you're on the werewolf team, you're trying to make every single other player a werewolf. Because if one person is a human at the end of the game, the werewolves lose. And if you're a human, you're trying to figure out who the werewolves are so you can uh, ally with your humans to try to take them out or you know keep them away and keep everybody who's a human a human. Um, And that's it. You're trying to play a certain number of gold. There's gold cards that you can collect too and you get some gold for winning. Uh, It's a simple little game. It's a party game, but I like the werewolf theme. So that's why I made the list and that is Growl.
0: Yeah, I really like... This game is fun. And you could play it like... You could even play up the spookiness and... Like everyone's quiet, or you have some spooky music in the background. It usually devolves into chaos with accusations flying and everything yeah.
1: but <laughs> it's it's usually just madness, yeah, that's true.
0: um, my next game has a spooky theme. I don't think it's scary at all. But it is a fun game, and that game. And if you've heard me talk about this before, is who was it? And this is, and I mean,
1: o- that sounds pretty th- pretty spooky, right?
0: <laughs> right. Uh, this is an old game, gosh, what from the 70s? No, it's oh. not
1: that old. It's, it's oh, okay. from like the early 90s because it's uh, rocking oh. It to you.
0: oh, it's not that old. I thought it was super it feel, old,
1: it, it feels it's, old, but it's not,
0: <laughs> it feels real old. I gotta tell you, but I guess since the, there's electronics and they're working. <laughs> it's not as old as I thought it was but it looks really old again the artwork isn't great but there is a ghost in um, that kind of chases you around this castle where you're trying to figure out who stole the ring and you're trying to figure out the ring and you do this by going around um, to the different rooms in the castle you are talking to the animals inside there you are searching the rooms finding things to offer to the animals for them to eat so that they'll tell you what they know and um, so that you can narrow down who took the ring, where is it, so that you can win before the evil wizard who props up and taunts you, and the ghost comes and scares you around. It's like, just a fun little, I don't know, just a nice little game. But it has like the, the big haunted castle and the box that you use um, where you input the information makes, you know, creepy noises in the. The ghost, oh, I am the ghost, and he talks like that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and he has chains, too, like he has chains that rattle. He,
0: yeah, he clanks his chains, like it, it is attempting to be scary, but in like a really fun, hokey way that you can play with your kids. So my second choice for the season is Who Was It?
1: Yeah, it's a fantastic game. If you haven't ever heard of it, we have a video, you can check it out. It's, it's fantastic. Not really like scary, but it does have a ghost, and the ghost is cute. Mm-hmm. Um, So my last one is actually the one that was on my list last year, and it fits this theme, in my opinion, better than most uh, because it's really dark and gruesome. Katie mentioned it a little bit earlier with the Mary Shelley thing. And this one is Abomination, the Era of Frankenstein. I mean, this is a game about harvesting dead bodies (laughs) to get their organs and their bones and their tissue to create a Frankenstein-like monster. Um, That's pretty terrible. You can go to, like... Alleys that you can kill people, you're running from the cops, you can go to the town square where they just beheaded people, take their bodies and harvest their organs. Like it's a terrible theme, but at its heart, it's basically just a worker placement game. You're going to the spot and collecting some stuff, trying to get a certain number of things to build different parts of your body. And then you have to shock the body to life, which is a little bit of push your luck dice rolling. And you're just trying to get more points than everybody else. Uh, it's a really great game. The theme really knocks it out of the park, I think. And it's just not one that we play a ton. But I, I do love it. It's very good. Very good theme. And probably the only plaid hat game that I'll ever play. So that is Abomination, The Air Frankenstein.
0: I don't think it's a terrible theme. It's just a creepy theme. It absolutely is creepy.
1: No, I don't think it's terrible either. I mean, it's, it's dark You kept
0: saying gruesome. the words terrible. It's a terrible well, theme. I mean,
1: ter- terrible as in like dark and gruesome. Not terrible as in terrible, I guess.
0: <laughs> hey, good job.
1: <laughs> English is hard, okay?
0: It's not... A morality-based game, which I think that's also interesting about it is you're also, like, struggling with your humanity. Like, well, if I kill too many people in the alley, my humanity is down really low. But I've got all these body parts that are really fresh. Um, it Um, It is fun. It, like, lends to that kind of crazy discussion. Like, well, oh, we haven't had enough executions lately, so we don't have any fresh body parts hanging out in the town square. Like, it just...
1: yeah, You, you can go rob the cemetery, like crazy that's a terrible game but i but i uh see yeah yeah (laughs) there are other words that i could use
0: there are other words good (laughs) job yeah it it is such a fun game another reason why i find that like super interesting that rolling right because i i really like like that a lot um my last game is a new one because again yeah there I've tried to choose all different ones that we talked about last year um because for some reason we play a lot of creepy game creepy themed games I guess um but this one I we don't own and I I played a copy of someone from the board game rundowns game and it is return to dark tower now I wasn't thinking like of the super creepy idea at the time but It's a big dark tower that skulls tumble out of. Like,
1: oh, that's a haunted tower for sure.
0: That is creepy. Also, like, I was given a job by Patrick. He said, You have the character that can dive in the dungeons. It's what we need. That is your job. And I was like, Yes, sir, that is my job. And that's what I did the whole time. That push your luck crawling through the dungeon. Like, am I going to die? How many soldiers am I sacrificing? That is intense.
1: Wait a minute. This game has push your luck in it?
0: Yes. Oh, dang it. I knew. I I told you. I said, (laughs) if you play it, you would like it.
1: You had to say the magical words.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because you are really like... I'm, I'm trying to find what's here in this dungeon and you are looking at the layout and you're like, uh, do I go left? Do I go right? Um, do How many people do I lose? Do I just keep trying to go? And I just like, every time I'm like, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. I will. And sometimes I would clear like every stupid square in the dungeon to get what I needed, but I did it. And that intensity, like the creepiness of what's around the corner, um, periodically you know monsters are coming out attacking you um the skulls are piling up which is bad there it it is a creepy game and i think and especially like when the tower glows and moves if you have the lights dimmed that would make for some really cool thematic kind of creepy atmosphere it would be awesome um so my last choice is return to dark tower
1: yeah it sounds like uh the if it's a theme and now that i know it has push your luck i gotta hopefully track something down so i can play it
0: you better have somebody else bring it because
1: yeah i mean i'm not gonna buy it i, mean, come <laughs> on. I will draw a line somewhere
0: <laughs> i think i know someone who has it
1: you do uh-huh like close Mm-hmm. oh interesting all right we can talk about that later
0: <laughs> maybe not close but that will be in our area
1: oh i got it oh yeah 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 i think i know who you're talking about uh all right so let's talk about a few honorable mentions Some of these were on the list last year, but some of them are new to the list, so we'll just kind of hit some of these real quickly. Uh, Guillotine is a game that I played a long time ago that our friend Chris actually just brought over not that long ago. It's about beheading people. I mean, that's a pretty gruesome theme, pretty (laughs) spooky theme. Um, Little card game, really fun, just trying to behead people and get some points. Um, Horrified, which is a cooperative pandemic-style game where you're trying to run from these spooky movie monsters. Trying to rescue civilians and all that stuff from the monsters so they don't die. Tea Scones and Arsenic, which is a little party game about trying to not eat more poisoned cookies than everybody else. There's a little, like, you're going to take a cookie out of the cookie box, and then hopefully it's not poison. If you eat too much poison, you die. Just trying to outlive everybody and score the most points. Uh, Demon Worker, talked about that a lot. Worker placement game where your demon's trying to harvest the souls of humans and score points. And then I'll talk about one more Salem 1692, which is a game from Facade, where you're. Tr- it's kind of functions similarly to Growl. People are going to be witches, and they're trying to spread the witch infection. I don't know how you say it. Make Convert other people,
0: people to yeah. their witchy Convert ways.
1: People to witchyism, and that's oh my gosh, great. it's a g- cool game, and I like it. So I'll let Katie say something.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, Cryptic Cafe is a new one I, I'm ignoring all the witchy talk Because you just ruined it uh, <laughs> Cryptic Cafe is a new one to us That we picked up at Origins this year Where you are in a monster cafe And there's these adorable little different types of monsters The chupacabra You know, Sasquatch Which is, they're fun, they're creepy But not scary uh, The Bermuda Triangle, this is actually is an old game Right, older yes, than them. The, Who was it? Seventies,
1: from the seventies.
0: Um, and I always associate the Bermuda Triangle with creepy, with the Adams Family, Uncle Fester, um, where you're trying not to get your boat sucked up into the Bermuda Triangle. A King of New York, classic monster fighting game, Ghost Blitz, which is more of like of a memory kind of game, speed, but speed game, speed game. But you have a ghost in there, so Jason thought it counted.
1: It's like winter theme games. As long as there's like white on the <laughs> tile, it's good to go.
0: Right. There's a ghost there. It's fine. Uh, Hocus Pocus board game, which we have. Um, it's a cooperative game where you're trying to get these the components for spells, correct?
1: Yeah, you're trying to defeat the Sanderson sisters by making different spells. Yeah.
0: I wish they would change that. I want to be the Sanderson sisters. That's why I have trouble with the Hocus Pocus games. You don't yeah. get to be them.
1: You never get to be them. You're always fighting against them.
0: That's probably too creepy. Because if like I'm the Sanders and sisters, like
1: sucking souls out who, of kids. Yeah,
0: who can suck the most children's souls? That's a that's a creepy theme. <laughs> I'm there for it. I gotta be honest. Um, House of Danger, which Jason loved. Uh, oh, this, I love this game. It's the, two- <laughs> the
1: best game on this list.
0: <laughs> the Choose Your Own Adventure game. There's lots of creepy stuff happening. There are giant bananas chasing you at one point. Um, there, <laughs> I mean,
1: that's pretty hilarious.
0: There are ghosts. There are um intelligent monkeys there are all kinds of things happening um mortem medieval detective we just played the first scenario of that i want to return to it there's some creepy stuff happening the guy we're supposed to meet isn't there anymore travelers are disappearing i don't know if that's all spoiler but it's fine it's creepy Right. Um, and finally, one of my absolute favorites, the Bloody Inn, um, where you are trying to kill off people that come to stay your inn and hide their bodies before the cops show up. Classic. Like, like
1: any like any self-respecting hotel owner would do. I mean,
0: like you do. And <laughs> then you add the expansion, which is the Carney's expansion. You wanna talk about creepy.
1: Whoa. Bearded hey. ladies, dwarves. Uh yeah. Uh, yeah, it gets a little crazy.
0: It gets weird. It gets weird. And but that's <laughs> the beauty of it. Like that creepy theme is awesome. Now, there are plenty more out there. I know it. Some of it, the fact is we just don't have them. Um wh- the first thing I thought of was Nightcage. Is that the name I'm looking for?
1: Yeah, Nightcage, yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is a super thematic. It's dark and there's candles and music. Uh, Yes, that would probably be at the top of the list if I had ever played it or seen it. But I haven't. And that's where you come in. What creepy games do you love? Because believe me, I am into the creepy theme. There is an Addams Family game out there from the 70s that I want so bad.
1: It's super expensive.
0: Yes, but I love, yes, I love the creepy theme. I live for that kind of stuff. Like this is my jam. So tell me about your favorite creepy games, you know, tell us on Facebook, hashtag the riveted, our discord channel on the Twitters, on the Instas, uh, give me a ticky talky of you holding up the creepy game. I would love that. I love creepy games. I love Halloween. I love costumes, all of it. Like right now I'm into the Halloween gnomes. Uh, They're everywhere. And Jason regrets that a lot.
1: It's fine. I mean, it could be worse. It could be like, you know, shrunken heads or, hmm. you know, witchy stuff.
0: I mean, I have kept the voodoo dolls away, but I did bring out my cauldron. <laughs>
1: That's true. We're one step closer to being the Sanderson sisters.
0: I mean, I can't find the big one, though, and I need my spell book. Dear little Winifred, I want to dress like them. I just need partners in crime so we could all be the Sanderson sisters.
1: I'll dress up like a lady anytime, any day. You You're know that.
0: obviously Kathy and Jimmy's character. <laughs>
1: Oh, she's she's the best one, so that's fine.
0: (laughs) I really want to be Sarah Jessica Parker's character, but I'm clearly Winifred. Like, I'm clearly Bette Midler. It's obvious.
1: Yeah, you're old at heart. It's fine.
0: You shut your face. But I look young. Why that is? It's a secret. (laughs) 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 I think that's all. I've totally derailed. I'm jacked up on the cold medicine and Halloween I love it. You have any parting thoughts? I'm actually letting you speak now at the end.
1: Um, not a lot of parting thoughts. Just uh, thanks for watching YouTube. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We had great listens over the last couple of weeks. So I don't know if maybe you ran out of all the other good podcasts and you just felt the need to give us a second chance again or something. But I appreciate it. It makes it feel good when I see the people actually listen to our nonsense and rambling. So that's good.
0: Right. Or it's Halloween season and you're like, let me torture my friends and I'm going to tell them to listen to this podcast. Thank you.
1: Hey, whatever. If that's what it it. takes, I mean, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge.
0: YouTube subs. Yeah. Like, hey, (laughs) you want to see something really scary? Why don't you subscribe to the board game mechanics?
1: It's the scariest of all.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, that's all I think I have for today. You good? Same. All right. Well, I've been Katie.
1: And I'm Jason. Keep
0: gaming, everybody.
1: Keep gaming.
0: I am very upset that I can't find my giant cauldron.